Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for the final episode in the mini-series 30 Years of Revolution, where we celebrate the 30-year anniversary of Revolution Software. Now, over the last few weeks, I've spoken to several people who have played a prominent role in the success of the studio over the last 30 years. So I spoke with Tony Warner, with Charles Cecil, and I spoke with Steve Ince. So you can check out those interviews anywhere you can listen to podcasts and on adventuregamespodcast.com. And what a way to finish this mini-series, because on this episode... I speak to none other than Rolf Saxon. That's right, George Stobart himself, for some reason, dropped by, and uh, for some reason agreed to speak to me. And he answered all the questions that I had. He told me about why, what appealed to him about the script, how he got involved, and he gave some background anecdotes about what it's like working with Revolution and what's like working on the games and recording. So I had a fantastic time speaking with Rolf. And I hope people enjoy it as well. Now, this episode is also on YouTube. So if you want to watch us both speak, if you want to see what the voice of George Stobart looks like in real life, you can check out the link on YouTube in the show notes below. And um, so, yeah, so here is my interview with Rolf Saxon. Please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me for this latest in uh, in the new series that I'm calling Hashtag 30 Years of Revolution. <laughs> Been around for 30 years and I am here now with George Stobart himself, Rolf Saxon. How are you, sir? I'm very well indeed, man. Yourself? I'm very good, thank you. It's, uh, it's an honour to have you on this uh, podcast. I... I really, really do appreciate you guys taking the time to speak to me. It's a real It's a honor. great pleasure. It's a uh, great pleasure. Thanks uh, for the invite. No, th- thank you so much. Um, I've, uh, you know, it's, I've been doing now these interviews with people who played a major role in the success of Revolution the last 30 years. And you're definitely one of them. You know, people might recognize your voice. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, but of course, people probably recognize you as George Stobart, who you've played for five games now. And, yes, indeed. Um, it's, you know, it really is incredible because you are synonymous now with George Stobart, which we'll talk about. But before before we talk about uh, Broken Sword, I just have one question that I wanted to ask you. Sure. Uh, as we were talking before recording, you were part of Saving Private Ryan and you filmed <laughs> yes. in Ireland. Yes. Uh, one question that I have is, when you were in Ireland, did you come across any goat? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, did, no. did you run away? <laughs> no, I, I, I did not. Uh, and no, George George doesn't like goats. I'm pretty cool with him. <laughs> yeah, because we've seen goats appear in later games as well. And you provided the voice for the goat in Broken Sword 2, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did indeed. And then in Broken yes, I'm a Sword very, 5. I'm a very versatile voice actor. I can I can do goats, yeah. Yeah, I do a great snake, too. Oh, do you? No. <laughs> I would believe that. I would say you could do just about anything. I mean, if, if Charles is listening, he might get you to do a voice of a snake. 
And oh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be great. If, if no, Charles, let's, Charles lets me play around. He, he, he does let me do stuff uh, on occasion. That's... Most of it's uncredited. But... Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you provide a voice of Nico as well, you know, with your French accent? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, the same person doing George and Nico. That'd be kind of weird. Yeah, um... I don't think I'd get away with it. No. Um, well, I actually come from like you know a village which is similar-ish to Lochmar. You know, it's a very small village called Monigir, but of course there's a pub, and there's uh, you know there, of course there's you know priests and farmers and all the people that you see in that pub. Kind of you can see them in my village, which is and you see sheep and and goats. But um, yeah, well they don't let them into the pubs all that often. Yeah, not especially now. Um, yeah, especially now. <laughs> in lockdown, but you never know where they've been. Exactly. Um, I suppose my first question to, to get us started then is, uh, going back to the first Broken Sword, how did you first get involved in Broken Sword? How did you first hear about this game? Um, I was asked uh, to come along and audition. Uh, I met um, the, the director, who's since passed away. Uh, I met him in uh, Neil's yard in Covent Garden. And... Uh, he was just, he was an odd man. He was a very nice guy, but just he was he was very quirky. And um, I remember thinking, this is probably not going to be a job I'm going to get. <laughs> um, and then he mentioned that uh, Hazel Ellerby, who was the first Nico, had put my name forward for this. And I thought, oh, cool, uh, yeah, you know, Hazel and I went to drama school together, and you know, she's she's still a pal, uh, um, even after all this time. Uh, she still talks to me. So, uh, uh, but I got, I was offered the, the gig and um, I had never done that kind of thing before. Uh, I don't think many of us had, in fact, that was 96. And I don't think there'd been a lot. In fact, there was no equity. There was no union contract available. We had to sort of make our own way through that. I mean, there were guidelines and stuff, but there was no, there was nothing. So um, yeah, that's, I'd never heard of it. It was a massive game uh, for its time. I don't think it's so big now, but um, uh, the, the, there was a company in Germany that was doing the final cut and edits uh, uh, of the program of the of the of the show of the game, and uh, we sent them the first week, which was about three hundred pages, uh, the, and and. They were. They said, "Wow, this is big." I mean, we didn't expect it to be quite this big. And Charles said, "There's another 300 to come that we'll give you to." <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. They just said, "Okay, listen. When we made our schedule that you would have it at a certain time, that's all changed now. You, we can't do that. We had no idea it was this size." Um, and I, as I've said in other interviews, you know, I was originally uh, asked to do one week, five days six to eight hours a day and we ended up doing two weeks six days a week up to 12 hours a day wow. and it was it was as i've also said was a very enjoyable two weeks it was great fun oh that, yeah. that's great so you re, well, i mean you came back another four times so <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh and i mean charles and i have become very good friends uh tony and steve um, and the folks at Revolution, they're, they're all, Nina, the, I mean, the, we're, certainly Charles and I in particular uh, have stayed very good friends. Yeah. I've, I've actually, 
I've actually convinced him. Well, I was partially instrumental in him swimming Alcatraz. Oh, you you actually got into the or partially instrumental. Can yeah, uh, it was my because I've done it. I'd done it a couple of times, and I said it was fantastic and it's a wonderful thing to do. And we were at a restaurant where uh, uh, the, the owner of the restaurant overheard was a friend of Charles and overheard, and she uh, she decided that she wanted to do it as well, and so they came over and we swam Alcatraz. Well, and you did it as well, did you? Uh, yeah, I didn't quite make it this time. I've done it three times before, but this was a much longer route. And we had a tidal issue, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't quite make this one. Okay. In fact, we all had to be boated a couple of times, and at one point, I just thought, you know, <laughs> it's uh, not worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I probably would have got my feet wet. And then I would be like, you know what? I don't think this is worth it. I'm going to go back. I will see you guys. I will record you. I will be I will be here when you guys get back. And if you need I'll anything. I'll be with you in spirit. Exactly. I'll be there in spirit. So as. Uh, no, no. He was, he was, he was great. <laughs> Charles, Charles and the whole crew that came over from York. They, it was, uh, it was good fun. It was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah. Well, it's, um. It's, it's great that you mentioned that, you know, you're such good friends now because Revolution seems like a very tight-knit community uh, with Tony and Steve and Nina and yourself that you become like from what, this is from the outside, you know, from seeing interviews that you guys have done and seeing the chemistry that you guys have, that you guys are so comfortable with one another that, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like anybody is very kind of nervous in each other's presence. Or anything. No, and I think that, I think that comes from Charles, really, that, that mm. kind of thing, you know, it's... Um, He's the mastermind behind it, and Noreen, his wife, they're just very genuine, gentle people, they're, and with a lot of fun. I mean, there's twinkles in their eyes all the time, and um, that just permeates throughout the group. And there are people that come in and out, uh, some people who are staying much longer now. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Charles is uh, without, he's the linchpin. Without him, mm. none of this would be happening. It comes from the top. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And if, if only all of us had a boss like him, or, or no kidding, you know, no kidding. And I think that's one of the main reasons why Revolution has been so successful. Um, no question about it. For my mind, I mean, you know, he's he. The stories come from him almost mm. entirely. He writes them all. Um, he has input and help here and there, but it's basically him. That's he's the guy that does it. And uh, Broken Sword, for example, it takes him two years to write a, a, a game. Wow, and he does huge research with it, and with the uh, with the uh, technology always advancing very rapidly. Um, he also incorporates that as best, uh, you know, in the most advantageous way for the game. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's a, so he's involved with the programming and with the writing as well, and everything. It's, everything. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he really is. He's one of those guys. But actually, what uh, Broken Sword, um, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, has a special place in my heart. It's, um, of course, we talked about the Loch Marin series in Ireland. You know, the very fact that Ireland played, you know, a big, well, it was one location in this game was great for me. And mm. also, it was very, very funny. You know, it had all the stereotypes in one, but not, you know, kind of stereotypes, but kind of gently, I would say, kind of uh, making fun of, but then make fun of everyone. 
um, oh, yeah. I'd say. Equal opportunity of Exactly. <laughs> and then my mother, as I mentioned, is Spanish. She's from the North region in, in Spain, in the Basque region. So it's Broken Sword 5, which dealt with the history of Spain and the Civil War there. I was really fascinated by it because, of course, of my family there as well. So it, it yeah. is very kind of personal for me as well. But I love these stories as well but i guess i wanted to ask you as well when you read the script um did anything in particular appeal to you when you were first recording or first read the script was there anything that uh, that you liked the humor yes <laughs> the humor i i i i love to laugh when i work and and yeah the humor of the piece really jumped out at me and uh i i'm you know i didn't get a chance to read much of it um because it wasn't ready until like a day or two before we were ready to film. And as I say, it was like almost 300 pages. And it's like, wow, how do I read this in a day? I mean, it just, I couldn't do it. Um, so a lot of it was on the hoof. But uh, yeah, as I say, Charles is real easy going about it. There was no pressure. There was, you know, let, you know let's try it again or let's try this. And um, I, I, would, I would make things... Uh, more American rather than English, because Charles, very as you know, very English. Um, uh, you know his family, yeah. Cecil. Yeah, they they're from the I think the twelve hundreds. Oh wow! He 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 is one of the Cecils. Yes, it's uh, it, it's an extraordinary. So he's very English, um, <laughs> but um, and I say that it's a good thing, Charles. <laughs> but uh yeah it was just uh i forgot where i was going with that one now yeah that's uh, uh that the, the humor part of the game was, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, and I, but it was very english so i wanted to put some american stuff into it and then uh uh one thing led to another and charles and i just started laughing about stuff and there's a couple of outtakes apparently floating around the internet which are uh which are a little naughty <laughs> oh, I haven't come but, across those. <laughs> I'll have to search for those. I'm not allowed those. to say. I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> I'll have to search for those now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. One of the you know the first lines that really got me into. I mean, first of all, you know, as uh, I'm sure everyone listening or watching knows, is you know the bomb exploding and the, well, the first lines that you have, you know, Paris in the fall and the monologue. But then one of the things that really engaged me was afterwards when George Stover is walking away, you come across the two police officers, Moo and Ross, I think. Oh, I forget. Mm -hmm. I actually forget his name. But then when George Stover says, uh, I'm innocent, I'm American. And then Moo goes, can't make up your mind, huh? And then I go, oh, <laughs> this is the kind of game, you know, that's going to, you know, and, and that really got me, as you mentioned, the humor. That, yeah. um, and then, you know, I mentioned this to Charles and Tony as well, that um, one of the things that goes through all the games is that there's a mixture of serious and humor, that there's a serious storyline yeah. and there's, you know, a broken sword as well. There's some murders and there's a pretty yeah. serious conspiracy story, but then there's humor in the middle of it as well. Was it challenging in any way to sometimes in the same conversation that you had to be both serious and uh, humorous at the same time? Was that particularly challenging? Not at all. No, it's it's um, <laughs> George is one of those guys that we all would like to be, you know, yes. grace under pressure. <laughs> and and so when Charles writes like that, you know, you, you just think, oh, cool. That's I wish I could do that. You know, that would be fantastic. Um, and of course, Charles is like that. Uh, 
<laughs> so, so, uh, but no, so it's not it's not difficult. I, I, mean, I think I think the key to, to to voicing or to acting anything like that is just if you understand it, if you feel it, if you get it, if you understand what's going on, it's kind of it makes our job much easier with a good script. Much easier with a good script, and a script that has you know, pathos and bathos in the same, even if it's in the same sentence sometimes. So that's, that's fun. Mm. That's fun. That's, that's great fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there was another line where in Broken Sword 1, I believe it's one of the characters who is nearly threatening George and is saying there's a man who has a family, kids, who comes home and uh, he probably won't be able to come home. And then George Stobart says, you forgot the dog. So, and that's another example I think of the humor and uh, yeah. seriousness that is true all the. And I think it's when Broken Sword came out that it really got the the combination just right. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then why do you think then over the years Broken Sword it's still like twenty five years later still so so popular? Uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think this has um, really? you know, got to people. Why do you think people really love the series so much? You know, m- more than a lot of other, at least adventure game series that it's still 25 years. It's still people continuously asking when are going to make more broken swords? When are going to make more broken yeah, swords? Yeah. I, well, as I said, uh, you know, the revolution team is an incredible team. It's a great team, but I think Charles's scripts are what make it right. I, I think, you know, it's a combination of everybody, but without those scripts, without the work that he does, it wouldn't be there. And so I think, I think pretty much, yeah, that, that's it. That's, that's really, that's really what it is. It's uh, without Charles doing that. And, you know, as I say, Steve, Tony, Noreen, uh, Nina, and the whole crowd used, uh, the, the, uh, used rather, the, the, all, everybody, it, it, it is a real team effort. Um, and you know Charles is at the helm, and Charles is all the way. But Charles is very egalitarian. I, I mean, egalitarian. He also, if people have an, an idea and it's a good idea, he absolutely snaps. He jumps on it. He, you know, he, he he's not proprietary about it at all. So it, yeah, it's 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 always been fun working with that guy, with those guys. Always been fun. Well, that's great to hear, and I'm sure many of us would agree that you've also played. A role in the success that you are synonymous with the uh, role of George Stobart. Um, does Charles know how important you are to the role of George Stobart? And if so, have you ever considered? <laughs> no, him? he doesn't. <laughs> I want to raise and I want more words. Have Forget you, Nico. Have you considered extort? You know, extortion by any chance? You should pay me a million, <laughs> ten million, and I will come back if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to see if you want to see George alive? Yeah. <laughs> Pay pay up, yeah. Uh, well, pay up or George gets it. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the, then the question, I suppose, is you said that you'd never done anything like this until Broken Sword. You know, you've been, been in movies, you've been in theater and some TV work. Uh, was there a learning curve for you um, when you started playing the role of George Stobart? Uh, technically, being careful of a microphone. I mean, I've done radio work before and stuff like this, but this was also. Um, It wasn't a play, and so it, there were there were things like um, it's multiple choice. You know, I'll pick up the coin, I'll pick up the pencil, I'll pick up the ring, um, and that those capacious pockets of George's, I mean, just the, the <laughs> never-ending room. 
the Red Bull, the soggy handkerchief. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the brick. I mean, I was surprised he didn't have a put have me put a goat in my trousers. <laughs> but um, uh, so to keep that all fresh when you're going through a list of twenty things, that was that was interesting for me. Um, I mean, interesting. It was difficult for me uh, in the beginning. Um, the only other thing that was really, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I've got a good, strong voice. I, I don't have to worry about taking care of it. I very rarely warm up. I mean, unless I'm doing a really big part, but in theater, I, I, and it's a big theater, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I, I just, that's, I was born with this. And, and so by the end of the first week, I was getting a little bit, you know, it was a little achy, but I was fine. About halfway through the second week, I really st I started getting very scratchy, and uh, the only thing you do is just not speak. So we started doing a lot of work around me uh, for a day or two, but that had never happened to me before. Not from overuse of my voice. You know, when you get sick or something, it's different. But that had never happened. So things like that. But it was uh, no, it's no, it's pretty. Pretty much the job. It was a job. That's yeah, what a... I was trained to do. So that's really what I did. Yeah. Well, uh, because I the reason I ask is because I saw an interview with uh, it was the making of Gabriel Night One, where they interviewed Tim Curry and Mark Hamill, and I believe it was Tim Curry who said that the, the difference he found was that you know working on films it's very linear but then working on games again as you mentioned that there are so many lines you say them over and over again like in different ways and different intonations that um did, did you did you find well i think you've already answered the question so did you uh, find yeah yeah i mean the, the the idea that it's it's interesting the, the the idea that he he calls film linear it is in story but certainly not in filming Right. Well, I'm paraphrasing. So, he might not have said. Those yeah, words no, no, no. Exactly, but, uh, but there is a there's a through line mm. with the game. Yeah, there's all kinds of different possible permutations of story and narrative, rather, and and the characters, the, the the characters in the game have to go different roads down different paths, and they have to do it in a different. You know, if he's happy to go here, he's unhappy to go there. Pardon me, a, a situation presented to him or her. And the character has to, once a decision is made, react accordingly. So that was really interesting, but it also starts frying your brain a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think that's what he was probably referring to. Right. Uh, well, I'll have to rewatch that video because I'm, I'm paraphrasing that it's about 15 years ago that I saw that interview. So. Oh wow! No, yeah, so good. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, enough, I, I probably have. You know, I may have completely misquoted him, so. <laughs> but I believe that that's the gist of what he is saying. Um, yeah, well, I, I can see if that if it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because we have seen other examples now. Certainly, I'm going to mention names. We have seen famous Hollywood actors, and not that any of them listen to this podcast, but we have seen some big name actors who then portray roles in video games. And the surprising is that they're not very good. That um, even recently now with some big games, so it seems to be like very different at least. That they're really good actors, and then you see the give voice to games that they're very dry, kind of very monotonous, and it's like, oh wow, it's um, you know, even in some some of the games that kind of really surprised me. Do you think if anyone could be able to <laughs> to do it well, it would be 
Well, it, yeah, yeah I can't speak. I mean, I, I, I mean, I have a terrible confession to make, which I've, I've, I've never hidden it. I, I'm not a game player. I, I, I don't play games. So, in fact, I've not even completed all the broken swords, to be honest. With you. I mean, I know how they end. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, without having a specific, which I'm not asking for, uh, name or, or game or something, I, I couldn't comment. I, I will say that you know it's a different. It is a different mm. genre, and um, yeah, I it's for me it's not that difficult, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess for some it is. For some it is. Again, I'm lucky. I'm lucky with that. Mm. I got lucky with George. Yeah, no, we're we're all really lucky that uh, that you're yeah. really really good and you well, enjoy it you. so much. Thank you. It's um and yeah, it's it's good fun. So so then, when you're recording the lines, then how do you normally record? Do you record with any other actors? Have you ever done that before for the games, or are you always on your own in a room with Charles? No, um, that's that that's a good question. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, when we first did it, all the actors were in the room. Or Broken Sword one. Uh, whenever there was an actor that had to come in, we he, he or she was brought in. Uh, Hazel and I spent a lot of time together um, recording. Um, then when the second one came, I think it was the second one. Um, Charles, uh, for various reasons, it might have been the third one. I just can't remember quite. He took people out, uh, so I was recording a lot on my own. And it became very apparent to me very quickly that this was not optimum for me. I, I, I like working opposite somewhere. Um, it makes my job easier, it, it, you know, uh, because I'm the lead. I will say things, and then they'll bring in the other actors to to go along with what I do. Um, whereas if it's you and me talking together or acting together you'll do something slightly different, which will make me do something different. And then we'll go that way. And it's, it's a building thing. I mean, it's like we, we both input and with each other. That for me is much more fun. I, I really like doing that. I'm not used to that. So you're in the booth with the microphone and the phones, you sort of do everything hunched over a script. I, I, I don't do well with that. Uh, some do brilliantly with that. Uh, so now Charles, which is considerably more expensive for him, uh, always brings actors in and actors work together with Broken Sword. And I think that also is something to do with the success of the game. Yeah, we can tell that, uh, I mean, the acting in all the Broken Sword games from everybody is really good. And I suppose that's one of the reasons that they're all in a room together. That Yeah, yeah. Um, because I've, I've heard that in animation and in video games that it's usually one actor in a room, <laughs> as you mentioned with a script. Which, yes. Um, you know, sometimes not possible to get the actors together because they're in different yeah. countries. But it's great that for Broken Sword games, and I presume for all Revolution games, all the actors can can come together in a room. So, uh, I think whenever possible, that's that's his mo. I think you just get better performances that way. Mm -hmm. I think most actors would agree. Mm -hmm. uh, and that may be the problem with the with the big movie stars that are doing the games and and yeah. uh, they're a little flat. If there's no one there to give them feedback or you know just to bounce off, it it, it can it can get that way, yeah. Yeah, and um, do you ever see yourself doing any of the the actions? So if you're picking up a pen or picking up something, uh, do you ever see yourself acting it out in the studio? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I'm not really aware of what I'm doing. Oddly, <laughs> in the studio, I'm not really aware because it doesn't matter. 
It just doesn't matter. Whereas if I'm on stage or in, on screen, the television or film, you're really, really, it's really important to know exactly physically what you're doing. Uh, and I teach as well. So you also have to know what you're doing there. So sometimes in the studio, I, I've seen recordings of when we're in the studio and I see myself doing things like, what the, what? <laughs> you know, I'm sort of, you know, doing all this kind of thing. Yeah, that sometimes it gets kind of silly. Um, but yeah, I'm not really conscious in the studio of what I'm doing physically, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't mm. matter. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm not a voice actor, but I can imagine myself that if I were uh, portraying a voice, portraying a character, that I might, if I'm reading it, I might be doing the actions as well. So like the hand buzzer in Broken Sword 1, I might just instinctively go with my hand to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to just nobody. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some, 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 some guys do that a lot. Some people, <laughs> it's almost like St. Vitus dance. I mean, it's just extraordinary. Uh, just so much movement, so much motion, except the head. The because head? you're right on a microphone. Right. I mean, they may, you know, they may do this a little bit, but they can't go forward or back. So their body's doing all this, and suddenly they're just right there. It's, 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 it's cool. It's fun to watch. Unless it's me, and then it's you know, that's <laughs> That's just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and then you know you've portrayed George Tobert now for five games. Um, yeah. How how, how involved did you become in the in the script then? In the as the series progressed, did you become more involved in? So did you say you know? Oh, I think Charles or not Charles that George would say this or would do this. And you know, you, I know you mentioned that you Americanized it a little bit more. Did you then yeah. get involved more with the script or was that mainly still Charles? That's all Charles. Oh, I okay. mean, you know, I, I put in a, you know, a couple of lines here and there, or, you know, when, when we're looking at the storyline or something and, 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 you know, something strikes me as funny or I'll kind of go, Oh, what if, you know, wait, what about doing this? And, you know, he's very polite and, but, you know, thank you, Ralph. I'll, you know, I'll take that on board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, you never see it again. Uh, <laughs> That's a no. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he lies really well. But uh, no, it's, uh, no, that's Charles. That's Charles. I mean, we talk about stuff and um, there's been a couple of things, non-George things that, that we've spoken about. Um, and just, you know, because he does, it's an incredibly complex thing writing a game. And he loves it and he's really good at it. But sometimes like when I'm working on a part, I'll get very focused on one particular area, one thing, and I'll, 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 you get lost the wood for the trees, if you see what I mean. And every once in a while, something like that happens with Charles. Very rarely. And sometimes I'll say something, and, and but I would say that's probably about 1% of the script. The rest of it's him. Wow. Okay. And... No, he's, he's, he really genuinely is amazing. And don't ever tell him I said that. <laughs> well, hopefully you won't look at this or listen to this interview. It's, uh, yeah, if no, you're that, listening, that, that, that would be that would be bad, especially about that bit. Let's edit that bit out. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the, the part where you say that Charles is amazing, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, don't, don't let him hear that. And my mouth. Yeah. And. Have you visited any of the particular locations? I mean, I know you talked we were in Ireland, and I'm sure you've probably been to Paris, but have you been to any of the locations that, that appeared in Broken Soul? Not really. Charles, Charles has been to most of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he does a huge amount of research. Uh, and, you know, that's where he gets ideas for, 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 for the backgrounds. 
um, that kind of thing. Uh, he takes pictures. He spends some time there. You know, I think it's just a glorified vacation. <laughs> he says it's, it's research. research. Okay, yeah, research, <laughs> research, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, he he's been pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, I've been to Paris many times, but not for Broken Sword. Um, and yeah, but otherwise, it's coincidental if I've been there. I've been to Spain, but not mm. around where he was, that kind of thing. Right. And usually when I'm there, I'm working. So right. I don't like a lot of sightseeing. Right, yeah, because I went to Istanbul shortly after I played Broken Sword 4. And mm -hmm. I actually went, I think, to one of the locations, which is Topkapi Palace. Which okay. I, I believe, again, I don't know if I'm right, could be another palace, but I believe I was in one of the locations where Broken Sword 4 was set in Istanbul. And I was just looking up and I was like, oh, so George Stobart might reach up here and grab onto the ledge here. I'm not going to do that because I'll be shot. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Remember, that's a fantasy game. Yes, and yeah. our, our best case scenario if I did that would probably be ending up in a Turkish prison, which is another place I don't want to end up in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure that would be better than being shot, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. That's a toss up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't end up with either of those things happening to me. But exactly. It was still pretty. So you stay off the walls. It's easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, of course. It, well, actually, it's, in, it's, it's not a location in, the, in Broken Sword, but it's in the Louvre. And I was trying to get out, and I just opened the door, but it was a, an emergency exit, an alarm yeah. went off. I just ran. I just, oh, wow. <laughs> and I didn't go out. I just ran back into the Louvre. I was like, okay, no, nothing to see here. Wasn't me. Wasn't no. me. <laughs> but uh, no, it was pretty cool being, you know, some of the locations where, um, you know, the Broken Sword. I'm sure there's probably, you know, there could be Broken Sword tours. I mean, I could do a Broken Sword tour in Ireland. Be... Don't tell that to Charles. If it'll make him money, he'll do it. <laughs> hey, look, I can be a tour guide. You can do Lochmar in my village. There you go. See, I, this, this is a good idea. It's a good idea. So, Charles, if you're listening or watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Now, Derek, I mean, I know you say you didn't work on the script, but I wanted to see what you thought, because one of the things that I liked about I like about the Broken Sword series is the characters don't seem to age. You know, George and Nico, they seem to be the same age, and they, they're, you know, he's still blonde in the game, no grey at all, which I'm very Thank jealous you. of him. <laughs> yeah, and, right. um, you are. <laughs> I, I am actually a bit grey, but... Um, no, 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 you're jealous of him? I, how do you think I feel? <laughs> People say you play George. No way, you're old. No. Oh no, you can't. Sure you're not can. blonde. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, you know. Do people get disappointed if they see you like, oh, you're not blonde. You don't look like George Stobart. You. They don't say it out loud, but you can see on their face sometimes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's that's George. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't worry. Yeah, um, no. But then, um, have you? I mean, I this could be a terrible idea, which is why I don't write the games, but. I don't know if you can, but uh, have you guys ever discussed uh, making a broken, or even before, making a broken sword set in, not the future, but you know, with an older George Stobart and Nico and with the flash forward? Or what do you personally hmm. think about that idea? I mean, if it's a terrible idea... It's, I, I've never, I've so. never thought of it. I've never thought of it, to be honest. Um, no, I'm not saying you're old, just to be clear. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, what do you mean? You son of a bitch? Oh, next question. Um, no, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that would... You know, there's... Because it's been going for, I think it's 24 years, 24, 25 years now, mm. Broken Sword, 
there's people who might appreciate that, but it's always been aimed at a much younger crowd, a younger, mm. you know, gamer. And, and to suddenly make them older, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. I'd never thought of it. I'd never, <laughs> that, that genuinely had never crossed my mind. Uh, that's not to say that it hadn't crossed Charles's mind. Um, but it's nothing we've ever spoken about. No, I know if there's going to be a movie or a television series or anything like that, I'm going to be his dad. <laughs> that, that he has promised me. Yeah, I can't be George. I mean, in fact, at this point, I might be his grandfather. But, no, but I... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, I, 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 but I, it's interesting. Bring it up to Charles. Bring it up to Charles. See what he thinks. Yeah, send him an email. I'll, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he might say, "Oh, I'll take that on board." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he may well do. Oh, what a fascinating idea, Georgia! Thank you so much yes. for that. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny that you you mentioned that because again, I'm not sure again how involved you would be, but a couple a number of years ago. I, I did read, again, on the internet, and again, take all of these with a pinch of salt, but I did hear some news that there were plans, or it was close to being, there was close to being a Broken Sword movie. And um, what, first of all, what, have, you, have you ever heard about, um, you know, this, you know, have you ever been involved? Have, are you able we've to spoken about question? it? <laughs> yeah, we've spoken about it. I mean, it's not something, you know, making a movie or a television show is a phenomenally big thing. I can and, imagine. And it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, it's millions and millions and millions of pounds. And it's, it's a huge undertaking. And I'm not a producer. I'm not on the production end. So I don't know what that would actually entail. Uh, Charles and I have spoken about it for years. But nothing's ever come of it. And um, honestly, I'd be surprised if anything did mm. in the near future, especially with the circumstances the way they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think it'd be a great idea. But mm -hmm. I, you know, who, who, who knows? Who knows? And it could be animation even. And that way, you know, you could still do the... Be George. Be yeah, George. So you, have, you still play. <laughs> animation, right? Everybody's live action said George. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work. I, I, I mean, uh, I mean, and have you, you know, when you were working with these uh, big names, you know, Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, uh, did you ever think of broaching that subject with them? So, guys, I've got a great idea for a movie. Um, you know, this game no, working on Broken enough, Sword. That never came up. No, <laughs> no. So, Steve, baby, yeah, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, my man, guess what I got? Yeah, probably not going to go down very well. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I did the interview with Tony Warner and I asked him the same question and he explained to me more details about how, you know, movies, you know, get made and how complicated and difficult they yeah. are, how much money. And um, he mentioned then, he mentioned just Tom Cruise off the top of his head. And then we started discussing, wow, so Tom Cruise could play George Stobart. That, <laughs> it would be a very different kind of movie, but... <laughs> yes, yes, it would. Uh, I'd love to see him in a blonde wig, too. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> was he blonde once in one of the movies that he did where he played the villain? I think he was silver-haired. I don't think yes. he was blonde. I think he was silver-haired. Yeah, he was the assassin with Jamie Foxx. Yes. I don't remember what that was called, but that was a good movie. Yeah, no, I really, uh, yeah, I forget the name as well, but he was really good in that as a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 
oh, there was one of the there was a question on the top of my head, which I, of course <laughs> I didn't uh, write down, but it, it'll it'll come to me. Um, yeah, no problem. So so yeah, so now since you've also done other stuff as well, um, I suppose what what other work have you done? We've mentioned Mission Impossible. We've mentioned Saving Private Ryan. Um, you've done some theater work as well. You mentioned, is there anything else that you would, uh, that people may know you from or anything else that you're particularly proud of that you've worked on? Uh, yeah, geez, that's hard. <laughs> that's putting uh, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I just, I've been doing this for 40 plus years. So, I mean, I've done a lot of wow, stuff. I've done... been really, really lucky. I've been really lucky. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I just, I mean, as I just would love to keep working, you know, mm. uh, keep getting the opportunities that I've been getting. I mean, this, this time is not good. Um, mm. I've lost three plays now. It looks like there's going to be a fourth one going down as well. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, but thank you. I mean, it's, it's the same all over. Um, mm. I just, I don't, I think without a vaccine, it's going to be very difficult for theaters. To right. Open. Yeah. Because and everyone then, has to be. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Even, th theaters can't survive. No. And I, that's, that's, yeah, I think we're going to lose a lot of theaters. The Nuffield and the Leicester Haymarket both went into receivership. Oh, that's it's so sad. It's yeah, it really is. Especially, I mean, they I played both of them, and they're both a hundred and thirty years old, whatever. And whether in another year or two there's going to be anybody who can do those, can, can open them up again, I don't know. Mm. And England has a better shot at it than America. Really? America, yeah. You, oh, yeah. No, there, there's there's no state resources here for this. Mm. There's you know the National Endowment for the Arts that kind of thing, but there's no like Chichester Theatre is funded by the 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 county council. You know uh, they get money from the government. Most major theatres, the National, the RSC, they all get money funded from the government, um, which is as it should be. I mean I think that's great, but this is this is going to be a rough old time for the arts in general and for performing arts in particular, dance, um, uh, music. And theater, it's going to be really hard. Yeah, no, because as as we mentioned, you know, even with the social distancing in theaters, I just, you know, you have to have them packed. You have to have as many people as possible because yeah, I, you 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 can't have uh, a fifth of your theater audience sitting safely, you know, two rows apart and three seats apart, and make enough money to make the theater work. It just doesn't. It's not going to happen. Mm. So people are sort of trying to devise different ways of keeping the audiences engaged, keeping actors employed, producers employed, directors employed. Uh, Broadway just shut down again till January, um, at least. Yeah. It's... Uh, so it's, I just, I think this is going to be a real, a real moment in, uh, in, in the creative arts, uh, performing mm. arts. I, I, it's going to be a hard comeback. Yeah, even on film sets, I imagine, because even when things open up that you, I mean, I've never been on a film set, but I can imagine that it's pretty hard to keep social distancing it's in a film set. And even, it's but, impossible. Well, I mean, they're, they're, apparently they're going to do it. They're going to yeah. find ways of doing it because they have to, uh, or, or, you know, to make money, to keep things, you know, studios turning over and all that. But, you know, you've got camera crews, you can't. Mm. You know, you've got a focus puller that's like a half a foot away from the operator, and then you've got the cable guys. You've got all this sound. They got to put sound, the mics on you. You can't put them on yourself. So, what they can have PPE, full PPE to do that? Maybe so. 
on a film mm. set, you can afford it, but it's it's going to be awkward. It's going to be very difficult, especially for smaller productions. That it's impossible. Impossible for the small ones. They they won't have the money for that. And Unless you're in your sort of you know your germ group, and you within three people you can make a film, and that's done. That that gets that's possible, but it's it's risky. It's mm. it's a risky thing. And I, now it's mutating the way it is. You know, it's it's hitting people into thirty. Um, yeah. <laughs> and come the fall, uh, apparently there's going to be a real spike there because people who are normally get the flu or whatever, it that's going to affect them. Uh, that's going to impede their their immune system, and then this is going to hit the same. So, it's. I didn't think it was such a big deal when it first came out. I just thought, oh come on, this is all just a little bit. I think a lot of us were the same. <laughs> really? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I I just thought it was being silly, mm. um, but now. No, I've been pretty much in quarantine for the last three months. Um, yeah, no, I was, I'm pretty much the same. That it's only recently yeah. I've come back to Dublin and I'm beginning to get more into society. But, you know, wearing a mask and, you know, yeah. <laughs> keeping my distance from people. But Absolutely. I, have, I have heard one proposal from, you know, about films. Um, I just want to get your opinion then, because I've heard one proposal from people that on a film set, then just everyone just goes to a hotel and you know they they're tested before filming you know all the actors and film crew and then they can just stay in quarantine for however long it takes to film and that could be one way to protect them now i know there are probably a lot of disadvantages as well to that that um especially with families or whatever but uh, what what do you think about that idea do you think that could possibly i think it's feasible certainly Mm. i think it's feasible certainly and if someone said to me you know, we're going to test everybody, and as long as you're all negative, uh, we're going to do this mm. film, and we're going to get it done in two months. Would you be okay with that? There's certainly downsides. Yeah, fa- friends and family, you don't get to see them for two months, but you also get to do a job. You as get well. work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that being an option, certainly. And this is also a time when I think anything gets that, that gets put forward, we have to look very seriously at and as a way forward, you know, that, that we can actually do this. How can we do this? Not, oh, that's not going to work. I think we have to be very willing to, to sort of look at out-of-the-box uh, uh, ways of making work happen. Exactly. Um, and I suppose then, you know, one thing then is voice acting for animation and video games. They, I suppose, in theory at least, can continue. Mm-hmm. Um, have you because I know that you also worked on the Witcher video game is that correct yeah briefly yeah, yeah. play one of the characters so would yeah. uh, would you then be able to do voice acting for uh, well any other games I mean I'm not saying oh, any sure. game in particular but in general um, yeah you... <laughs> I, I've done I've done stuff I've done other voice gigs but it's it's not my it's not what I normally do mm. and this is a situation where people who do normally do it uh are are very much in demand um and people who don't normally do it eh, it's sort of like well we might get to you we might not right um it, it it's yeah it just it depends it depends and i don't live in london anymore so london well certainly most of the year i don't live in london i i go up for a couple of months and london is just an amazing city i mean you can be there and do any kind of work you know whether i mean right COVID-19 aside, you can do film, television, radio, uh, theater, 
uh, voice work, it, it's just literally a half an hour, an hour away. Whereas it's not the same anywhere else. There's London, Mumbai, Paris, and New York. Those are the only places that really an actor can live and make a full living at acting. Right. And uh, so... so, um, so uh. So, oh, God, I've forgotten what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's been a you know, long, long day as well. well we've gone yeah, man, this is, this is late for you. Yeah. This is late for you. No, we've, uh, well, we've gone through, through a lot anyway. Um, oh, yes, no, have you? you uh, yes, yes, I remember now. Uh, you mentioned that you worked uh, on teaching. Uh, presumably, is it teaching, acting? Um, how yeah. is that? Are you still able to do that through, through Zoom or online? Are yeah. you still able to? Okay, so and yeah, so, do Zoom, do, do teach, teach on Zoom, yeah. Okay, and ha, what exactly do you do you cover? So I was wondering if you could talk to us about. Well, primarily what I teach is, there. yeah, primarily what I teach is is acting for camera, which is difficult on Zoom. Not impossible, but it's difficult. Um, so there's other things I do monologue work. I also do uh, uh, script analysis, uh, breaking down a script. What when you get presented a script, and there's not a lot of that taught. Um, mm on either side of the ocean. Uh, there's some, but very, very rare. And uh, it's a very important tool for a performer, uh, how to look at a script and, and uh, uh, find themes. What does the author want? Usually an actor gets a script and goes, oh my God, oh great, what a great part. Oh, I can't wait to do this. And you have to really pull back from that. And you just have to sort of read it a number of times, write down your thoughts, what you think about situations in the script that kind of thing just just how to approach a script how to approach a job um and think positively about it yeah uh, you have to be positive otherwise you start shutting down your creativity very quickly so yeah just just that kind of thing okay well glad to hear that you're still able to keep busy um have you <laughs> Uh, have you been able? Have you done any writing at all? Because I know you said you're not involved in a script for Broken Sword, but do you do any other pieces of writing? At uh, all? I used to. I used to. I, tr I had a writing partner a couple of years. Well, a couple of years ago, no, many years ago. Um, and he's continued to write, and he writes very well, and he's very successful at it. Uh, not so much for me. Uh, I, I, I can do little bits and pieces. I can't put a whole script together. <laughs> I can, you know, I can doctor somebody else's, but I can't. I right. just, I'm not that good at it. So, no, I don't do much writing other than emails. <laughs> yeah, for and me. And begging to letters enough. to Charles. <laughs> well, uh, speaking, I suppose, the final question that uh, I can ask now, again, I can ask the same question to Charles. Um, what, is there anything that you can tell us about maybe something that you may or may not? be working on is there anything that you're working on now that you can tell us or uh, anything at all that's in the pipeline video you game mean, related you mean or anything revolution? else with revolution? revolution or anything else at all that you can say because i uh, yeah charles I'll, and i are talking about number six okay uh broken sword six but you know he's doing beneath the steel sky right now and and that sort of the whole team is on that one um, sure that makes sense i think once that's up and running uh charles and i will come back and, and look at the idea of doing a number six. Um, I would love to. I think he would too. It's just a matter of, as I say, it takes him a couple of years. Yeah, so do you have to... To, to write a script. Yeah, so do you and, uh, really want to focus on this for two years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, you know, he, he needs to... Uh, 
you know, but I mean, Charles is one of those guys. He's also got tons of ideas all the time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have talked about it, but that's all I can really say. There's certainly no timeline on it. Okay. Uh, well, at the moment, we're still working on Beyond Steel Sky, which looks yeah. amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. Taking up I a agree. lot of your time, I imagine. So, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen of it, it looks fantastic. It looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, well, maybe Charles could go on one of his uh, research uh, yeah. holidays and <laughs> maybe get some inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, That'd be cool. Well, That'd whatever, cool. whatever you do as well. And is is there anything? Because I know you said that you had plays dropped out, but is there anything else that you might be able to work on after COVID? You know, maybe not video game. After co- who knows? Is man. it still too I, still too early? I imagine. I just don't. I just don't know. I just it's, don't know. Everything. Everything for us is drying up. Yeah, it's uh, such a shame. Here, yeah, uh, AEA, uh, the Actors' Equity over here. Um, they're laying off staff and furloughing others. They're just there's no money coming in. Mm. Uh, over here, we don't have the national health, and so whenever anybody complains about the national health, think about actors over here who have to pay for their insurance. Yeah, it's and yeah. If you don't work, you lose health weeks. What's called health weeks over here, and if you don't get health weeks, you lose your coverage. Wow. So yeah, there's a lot of people really struggling right now, and it's gonna only get worse. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's it's horrific yeah. what's happening. It's uh, well, anyway. It <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's it's you know it's something to look at. It's something to sort of say, how could we do this better in the future? Because there will be a future. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's the one positive thing we can take from it. Absolutely, that's, absolutely. And you know, we will get through know, this. This this kind of thing also brings out the best and the worst in people. And I think if we try and remember that and mm-hmm. think about that and try and make sure we're one of the people that the best comes out of mm-hmm. that's that's also you know you just just everybody's struggling everybody's suffering everybody most are and um just be just be gent be kind be kind be understanding absolutely except for charles <laughs> except for him <laughs> except for him eh. yeah um, well, then where can people find you online? So if they wanted to find out more about you, about your projects, about things you've worked on and are working on, where can they find you? I, I have a website, but I don't really talk about projects online. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I don't do that. I'm sort of old school. When a project is going to be in my hand, when, when we're ready to go, I'll talk about it then. But otherwise, <clears throat> the I mean, this, this, this work is kind of... Uh, you can work on something for two years and then, or three years, or uh, and suddenly it just evaporates. It doesn't happen. So, sure. I I tend not to discuss. I I have virtually no uh, uh, superstitions except one is don't talk about a job until the contract's signed. I I think that should go for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I don't. I don't really discuss what I'm gonna. I mean, unless there's something definitely gonna happen, and then I'll put that on my website sometimes. But as I say, there's just nothing happening right now. Zero. Mm, right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's. I mean, well, hopefully things can pick up, you know, because I do. You know, we mentioned it's very, very hard. Well, hopefully we can hear you doing voice work for just about anything now, any game or animation or. <laughs> or That'd be great. That'd be great. And you know. 
Um, I'm available. There's a lot of time right now. <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of time. I mean, we have That's... George Stobart here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> you can, there for you your go. show real, just tell people, look, just play George Stobart. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's even better. That's even better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't tell Charles again. That. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is there? Yeah. I suppose the final question: Is there any any particular of the Broken Sword games that you are particularly proud? I mean, I'm sure you're proud of all of them. They're all. Um, I, 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 proud, any... prouder. Uh, no, I'm not proud of or one. That you particularly others, like, but or... number one, number one was the first one, mm. and that was such a lot of fun. And there's a, there's a, there's a couple of people who have passed away since, so that's sort of there it was also with hazel who i adore uh she's just an, an old mate and working with her was fantastic um so number one and and that was our first go and yeah and we never expected it was going to take off like this just that was never really? yeah no 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 i mean i've said this before if you'd have told me that then <laughs> or charles that you know, twenty-five years later, we'd be still be doing them and talking about them. I would have said you're flipping crazy. <laughs> no, not a chance. Not a chance. So this is this is all icing on the cake. This is great. Mm. It's good fun. But number one for me, yeah, I have a soft spot for for number one. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Pretty amazing because even now, when people, especially on Facebook and that, ask for. Uh, recommendations of adventure games usually Broken Sword is Broken Sword 1 is top of the list or high on the list wow, wow. Uh, even that's when good. people ask that's for any cool. modern games they go Broken Sword or they go no, for any great. classic games Broken Sword and it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> or what, it. what is it. what is your favorite game of all time Broken Sword <laughs> that's fantastic so that's it's, fantastic I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I've been very lucky in my career. I've been very lucky and very lucky to be a part of this too. This is, it's when you enjoy your work, it's not work and Broken yeah. Sword is never work. No, well, that, that is great to hear. I think that's one thing we can tell from the Broken Sword games is that, you know, as well as putting everything, it seems like you guys enjoy it. Just from, that's the yeah. feeling I felt from playing the games that this was something that everyone really enjoyed making. I know it's kind of hard to tell, you know, but it seems like, you know, everyone really... It's true. It's a very happy studio. Yeah. It's a very happy. There's always laughter. There's always good times. Uh, there's always joking around. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great fun. Hmm. wonder it's if I can fun. get a job there somehow, even though I have no technical skills, like programming skills, but... <laughs> Charles, <laughs> uh, if you're listening... <laughs> talk to Charles. Charles, don't know yeah, what I can do, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe get you in on a voice. Yeah. Well, oh, I would go. love that. Jesus, I would be the happiest person on earth if. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, that's 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 Mr. Cecil. Right. I'll send him an email, um, or at least to his community yeah. manager. So, Wendy, if you're listening or watching as well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is there is there anything to finish off? Then is there anything that you would like to mention to other people listening? Again, putting you on the spot. But <laughs> no, I, I would just I would like to thank you. I mean, this has been oh, great fun, and, and thanks very much for uh, for for the the for putting all this together for the 30th anniversary of a revolution. You've talked to a lot of the people uh, there, yeah, Charles. Somehow, Tony. <laughs> well, as we were talking before, that's a good group of people. They're nice yeah. folks, and um, I think they're also very appreciative of people like you who you know take it on themselves to do stuff like this, especially through the game. Mm. That's that's very flattering. That's something that, uh, as I say, when we first started, never expected to have it happen, and now that it's here, it's nice. 
it's mm. it's it's it it's nice when something you do has this kind of effect on people. I, I like it. I, I, it's great fun. It's great fun. And I'm glad you get great fun playing with it. That's good. Yeah, it, I mean, genuinely, it is thanks to Broken Sword that I started this podcast and I fell in love with the adventure game genre and I played many adventure games since then. It's thanks to, well, everyone at, who worked on the game and you in particular, voice, voice acting George Stobart. So thank you as well for for doing that. I never in my wildest dreams thought that I'd be talking to you guys. So a yeah. huge thank it's, you to, because I- I've, You're very, very welcome, man. You're I mean, very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and, and speaking with you. Yeah, thank you. Well, if you ever come to Ireland, uh, let me know and I can uh, maybe show you're you on. how to avoid the goats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those bloody things. Yeah. No. Well, thank you, Mr. Stobart. For <laughs> you're very welcome, Mr. Dunbar. It's been an absolute pleasure. So that was my interview with Rolf Saxon. I hope you all enjoyed it. And a huge, huge thank you to Rolf once again for agreeing to speak to me. Uh, It was an honour for me to speak to him and everyone else from Revolution as well. uh, Charles Cecil, Tony Warner and Steve Ince. Uh, People say you should never meet your heroes, but I met four of them. And they are extremely nice as well as talented. So a huge thank you to all of them and to all of the guests that come on this podcast. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, all of the adventure game developers are in one way or other heroes for all the work that they do and for all the sacrifices they make. So thank you uh, for making these games for our enjoyment and for all the work that you guys do. So... Uh, well, that is it for this series and for this episode. You can still listen to all the other episodes, all the other interviews that I did on the official website and anywhere you listen to podcasts. And But there's still plenty more to come. Uh, this week, this Friday, I am joined by Felipe F. Tomas, who talks with me about his new adventure game, Into a Dream, which is coming out July 13th. And I will be reviewing that game then after it is out. So um, so until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye. <laughs>the adventure games podcast then please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now you can also follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you